Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you that you are up to something good. Your word says all things, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to your purpose. And so, Father, we thank you that even in the midst of COVID-19 and and all the transition and all the chaos, you are up to something good. It's been your desire that we just come into this personal, intimate relationship with you that nothing else really matters. At the end of our days, what matters is this relationship with you. And so, Father, I pray this morning that you would open our spiritual eyes to see you with greater clarity. That you would open our ears to hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts. That you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us today. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to release the student ministry and the children's ministry. You guys are welcome to go back. And uh, I, too, want to thank you for joining us this morning. Um, I'm so excited about this new series I'm starting. It's titled Navigating Change. And so we've been talking about some of the changes that have been taking place and the transitions that we're going through. But uh, I think there's more to come. Last week, I talked about the Old Old Testament covenant. And uh, today I want to talk about the New Testament covenant, or the new covenant that God has made with us. But before we move on, I want to talk a little bit about uh, a, a familiar passage of Scripture in Deuteronomy 28, 1-14. Moses is talking to the children of Israel, and he's pleading with them when they go to the promised land to keep the, uh, the covenant with God, to keep the commandments, and to, mainly to keep this relationship with Him. And I'm not going to read all of this, but you can go back and read in Deuteronomy chapter 28, 1 through 14, where Moses says, these are the blessings that you will experience if you follow, when you follow the Lord and stay connected to Him. Your children will be blessed, your crops will be blessed, your animals will be blessed. Everywhere you go and everything you do will be blessed, in summary. And in... in uh, in Deuteronomy 28:15 through 68, like three and a half times the number of scriptures, uh, 1 through 14, he talks about the consequences or the curses or the anti-blessings that they will experience if they don't follow and follow the commands of the Lord and stay connected to Him. And uh, there are other scriptures regarding the Old Testament covenant in uh, Deuteronomy 26, uh, chapter 27, which we talked about last week, 28, which I'm talking about now, 29 and 30. Uh, So there are a number of uh, scriptures and passages that talk about the Old Covenant where God was trying to get the the people that were uh, the Israelites when they were going into the, the Promised Land to understand that the key was to stay connected with Him. And uh, we, we know that time after time that they, they turned away from God and they began to worship idols and, and pagan gods and things like that. And there were consequences for it, as there are today. And one of the things that I see happening is a delusion and a, uh, um, just a compromise 
of people worshiping God, beginning, uh, you know, there are other religions that worship other pagan uh, gods and idols and things like that, and we talked about that, so I won't spend a lot of time there, but I think that's one of the things that, that God is really serious about, and he was serious about it with the Jews, the Israel nation. He said, do not worship other gods, and they continued to do that, and there were always consequences. So I think in the coming days ahead, there's going to be more of a focus or more of a pressure for Christians to compromise in their worship to the Lord, and we need to stay focused on him, and we need to continue to worship the Lord. Amen? Also, in, uh, I want to read this in Deuteronomy chapter 29, just to kind of reiterate. Moses reviews the covenant with Israel, and he says in Deuteronomy 28, 9, and then uh, I think I'm going to read 14 and 15. Therefore, obey the terms of the covenant so that you will prosper in everything that you do, so that you will have an abundance. We know that in John 10.10, Jesus said the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you may have abundant life. And I think that sometimes uh, people can take scriptures like this and and twist them to... to, promote like the prosperity message we've heard about that where people are saying hey listen once you become a christian you'll be prosperous in everything that you do you'll never have any challenges and there's a fine line between that because god's word promises that he will bless us but he doesn't he doesn't promise us a rolex watch and you know a a maserati and a million bucks And, and i'll talk about this a little bit later but but god does promise to meet our needs And we need to take the Word of God and we need to understand what He's saying because there are more important things than material things. Our health, our our family, our salvation, you know, those kinds of things. And so sometimes uh, Christians can go off on a tangent and get lost, caught up in materialism and things like that. And that's not what what God is always talking about when He's talking about the blessings. And, And again, He says, Therefore, obey the terms of the covenant so that you will prosper in everything that you do. Um, and then in verse 14, he says, But you're not the only ones with whom I'm making this covenant with its curses. So he's, he's again reiterating that there are blessings, but there are also curses. There are anti-blessings if we choose to walk away from God. But he's saying, this is not just for you guys that are listening to this today. Let's look at the rest of, uh, let's look at 15. I am making this covenant both with you who stand here today in the presence of the Lord our God, and also with the future generations who are not standing here today. And so these promises of God, they're not, they were not only for the people in the Old Testament and, and hundreds of years ago, but they are for us as well today. And so the key is that we stay connected to the Lord and have this personal, intimate relationship with Him. Because at the end of the day, that's what really matters. And that's the point that Moses is trying to make That's the point that God was trying to make. In the Garden of Eden, He came down and walked in the cool of the day with with Adam and Eve. And, And God has always desired to have a personal, intimate relationship with Him. And many people uh, get caught up in religion and all those kinds of things. It's not about that. It's about this relationship. Let's look at Deuteronomy 30, 19, and 20. This is another scripture, one of our favorite scriptures here at Life Fellowship that you've heard before. But Moses is saying, today I have given you, I'm giving you the choice between death and, uh, and 
I'm sorry, between life and death, between blessings and curses. He's saying, I'm giving you the choice. What are you going to choose? Are you going to choose life or death? Are you going to choose blessings or curses? What are you going to choose? Because the connecting point, the key is this relationship with Him. And we make that choice whether we're going to commit to Him and whether we're going to walk with Him. And again, I'm not talking about, you know, getting all legalistic about the law and all that. We do need to keep the Ten Commandments. We do need to refrain from, you know, uh, doing things that go against the Word of God and uh, that are harmful to us. But he, God is saying, what are you going to choose? Who are you going to choose? Are you going to choose me? Are you going to choose life? Are you going to choose blessings? And verse 19 continues, Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Moses was saying, I'm calling on heaven to witness the choice that you make. And if you go back and read in these passages, they, they say, yes, we're going to follow you, God. We're going to commit to you. But they didn't. They didn't. But anyway, he goes on to say in, in verse 19, Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. And we talked about the Scripture. He's talking to people that are alive. So what does he mean? Uh, you know, when he says, oh, that you would choose life, they're already alive. He's talking about beyond just breathing and, and existing. He's talking about living the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. I mean, Jesus didn't come back then, but for us, he's talking about us living the abundant life, that we're really living life. Because do you know people that are breathing and alive, but they're, they're just existing and they're not walking in the fullness that Jesus came to give us and so this is transferable to us today because he was saying earlier this is not just for you that I'm talking to today this is for future generations and so the Lord wants us to understand that he wants us to walk in the fullness of life that he came to give and he goes on to say oh that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Again, he's talking about people that are alive already, but he's talking about living the abundant life. And I think if, if I could emphasize this, I think uh, Moses would be saying, oh, please, choose life. Oh, that you would choose life. That you would walk in the fullness that comes from following the Lord and staying committed to Him. And being in relationship with Him. So again, this was applicable hundreds of years ago and it's still applicable today. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. So when we look at the key to life, love God, obey God, and commit firmly to Him. And he goes on to write in verse 20, And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So again, he's talking to them in that context that they were going to go into the promised land, and if they stayed connected to the Lord, they would live long in the land that He promised to give them. And I think that this promise is for us, not that we're going to go to the promised land and live in Israel necessarily, but that we can live the abundant life, that we can walk in the blessings and the favor of God and the provision of God, regardless of our circumstances around us, that we can live the abundant life that Jesus came to give. And I missed my first point already. <laughs> I put those in bold in my notes so I'll see them. Well... Obviously, that's not working. Maybe I need to put a flashing light on my iPad. So the first point is blessings follow obedience to the Lord. So we've talked about this before, but blessings follow obedience 
uh, to the Lord. My second point that we'll get to now is the choices we make have a direct impact on our life. Let's make godly choices. Let's make godly choices because I think that there's a, a, a lot of pressure on us today to, to uh, make ungodly choices and to turn away from God and begin to try to take things and control things on our own without looking to God and saying, God, I need some uh, direction from you. But still, we have, just like Moses told them, I, I call on heaven to witness the choice that you make. What are you going to make today? And so we need to make godly choices. The, the Lord never said, He never said that we wouldn't have trouble. He just promised to be with us when we go through challenges and, and problems. And uh, we're going to go next to John chapter 16, verse 33. And this is prior to Jesus' arrest, conviction, crucifixion. And he's telling his disciples, he's saying, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. And last week we talked about some of the things that Jesus said. He said, uh, he quoted Isaiah and he said, look, I'm warning you, I'm telling you, these things are coming. And he says here in, in John 16, 33, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Peace comes from him because you know, when again, as we're going through circumstances and situations, we may not find peace in the circumstance, but we can always find peace in Him. He, he goes on to say, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Okay, we're going to have trouble. We're going to have trials and sorrows. He tells us. Because we live in a sinful world and, and there's sin all around us and there are things that happen in life. But we can walk in peace. Even in the midst of COVID-19, we can still be walking in peace. And he goes on to say, But take heart because I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. And the Scriptures say, The greater is He who is in us, greatest, greater is Jesus in us than He who is in the world who's come to steal, kill, and destroy. So can, we can walk in the confidence and the fullness of knowing that God is with us because of this relationship that we have and this covenant that He's made with us. My third point this, this morning is the new covenant is found through Jesus. The new covenant is found in Jesus. Um, when we take communion, in fact, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 23-25. When we take communion, um, we, we look at this passage of Scripture. For I pass on to you, and this is Paul writing to the early church here, he says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord Himself. On the night when He was betrayed, the Lord took some bread verse 24, and gave thanks to God for it. Then he took, then he, he broke it into pieces and said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. So we had, we took communion last week and we talk about this every time. But the reason that we, one of the reasons we look at the scriptures to be reminded of what Jesus has done for us. That the bread that's broken is representative of him going to the cross for us. Okay, let, let's read on. In verse 25, In the same way He took the cup of wine after supper, saying, catch this now, this cup is the new covenant between God and His people, an agreement confirmed with My blood. And so we know that according to God's command, that there was always blood that had to be shed for the forgiveness of sins. I don't know why. I don't know why God uh, had it set up that way, but that's how He set it up. And Jesus is saying, this is My blood 
Uh, this cup is the new covenant between God and His people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. And so when we take communion, we're reminded that it's the blood covenant that God has made with us. Even when we step away, even when we break the covenant, even when we walk away, God is faithful to us because of the covenant that He has made with us through the blood of Jesus Christ. And He says, do this to remember me as often as you drink it. So he's not only talking about remember what I've done on the cross for you. He's saying remember the covenant that God has made with you. Because of my blood, because of what I've done. You don't have to go and, and jump through all these hoops. You just receive me. You receive what I've done. And you walk in this covenant that God has made with you. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. So this morning we're talking about the new covenant. This is the new covenant. And it's greater than the old covenant was. Let's, uh, before we move on though, let's look at this same account in Luke. Uh, where Jesus is at the Last Supper, Luke 22.20. After supper, He took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and His people. An agreement confirmed with My blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. And so we need to, whenever we take communion, we're reflecting and we're taking time. We're saying, God, is there anything in my heart that I need to get right with you? I'm, I'm being reminded of the bread that, that represents your body that went to the cross. It was broken and beaten and ripped and shredded. And then the blood that was poured out, the, the, that's the covenant that God has made with me, with us, for all of eternity. And, and so whenever we have communion, we, we take some time to reflect on those things. But I, I just wanted to touch on this because we're talking about the new covenant. And it's the blood of Christ that washes away our sins. It's the blood of Christ that God has used to make this new covenant with you and me. Forget all that other stuff that, that we've done in the past. God is doing something new. God is bringing us into relationship with Him. God has brought us into relationship with, with Him. And He's restoring. He's renewing. He's doing something in our lives. Is God doing something in your life? I know He is. I know He is. I know He's working in our hearts and lives, drawing us into a closer, more intimate relationship with Him and with one another. So Jeremiah was written 600 years before Christ. Let's look at Jeremiah 31-34. The day is coming, says the Lord. The Lord is speaking through Jeremiah. He's saying, The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This was 600 years before Christ came. And so, um, uh, Jeremiah is telling the people these things are coming. In verse 32, This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. He's saying it's not going to be like that. Uh, let's read on. They broke that covenant, though I love them as a husband loves his wife, says the Lord. The Lord is saying, I love them. I love them so much. But yet they continued to break the covenant. They continued to worship these other gods and idols and things like that. And, and God says, but I love them. But He says this new covenant is not like the old covenant. Let's read on in Jeremiah 31-33. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put My instructions deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts. 
I will be their God and they will be my people. And so it's gone from writing the law and the covenant and the commandments on tablets of stone to writing His law and His love within our hearts. That's what God has always wanted. Our hearts. That we would come into relationship with Him. I will be their God and they will be My people. And so again, he's talking about the future. He's talking about Israel. But it doesn't just relate to the people of Israel. It relates to us today. Verse 33 continues, I will pour out My instructions deep within them. Do you feel conviction in your heart? That's the Holy Spirit. When, when, when we're doing things that we once thought were okay ten years ago, five years ago, six months ago, but yet there's something taking place in our heart because the Holy Spirit is bringing conviction. He's bringing us into this deeper intimate relationship with Him and our hearts are being changed. Our hearts are being transformed because it's like, wait a minute, this is not uh, advantageous to my relationship with the Lord, what I'm doing. What I'm saying, what I said, what I did is not advantageous to my relationship with my spouse, with my children, with my brother and sister in the Lord. So, see, God is doing something today in our hearts and lives to those who are willing and open and desirous to follow after Him, to love God, to obey God, to commit firmly to Him. Because it's a, it's a matter of our heart. It's a matter of this relationship. And he goes on to say, and they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, you should know the Lord. Let me read on. For everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already, says the Lord, and I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never, ever again remember their sins. I will never remember their sins. And he's saying, people are going to know because of the love of Christ that's in you. What did Jesus say? They'll know that you're my disciples by what? By all the stuff you do? No, by the love that you have for one another. And so again, this was applicable thousands of years ago, but it's also applicable today to us. And so God is writing His covenant. He's writing His commands. He's pouring His love into our hearts. It's no longer on just a, a, a tablet of stone. But God is doing something in our lives. And the Holy Spirit is, is bringing us to this realization and this understanding of what God wants to do in our hearts and lives. And He wants us so connected with Him. He wants us so sensitive to His Holy Spirit that we are moving in accordance with Him. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. That's the kind of connection that the Lord desires us to have with Him where we're so connected with Him that we see God moving in a situation and we move the same direction. That we hear God speaking and we speak the same things that we're proclaiming the Word of God. That we're, we're, we're coming into alignment with the Word of God. For everyone from the least to greatest will know me already, says the Lord, and I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. Somebody needs to hear that today. Our sins are washed away. We've been set free 
from all those bondages and all that stuff that the enemy may try to bring back. Oh, remember, remember when you did this? It's like the saying, when, there, when the enemy reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. <laughs> That'll shut him up. Okay, the thing to do when, when you start feeling under attack, and we've talked about this, just begin to praise God. Say, God, I thank you, Lord, for this new day. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for this covenant that you've made with me through the blood of Christ. That I'm saved. That I'm set free. That I can walk in victory. That I can walk in provision. That I can walk in health. That I can walk in freedom. So we can walk in the promises of God. But we need to know what they are. And we need to know the connecting point. The connecting point is this, com- this relationship and this connection with the Lord. In order to walk in those blessings. So uh, my first point that I missed earlier, blessings follow obedience to the Lord. My second point is the choices we make have a, have a direct impact on our life. Let's make godly choices. And then my third point this morning is the new covenant is found through Christ. The old covenant was written on the tablets of stone. The new covenant of grace, forgiveness, relationship is written on the tablet of our heart. So... Um, I want to I want to go to Hebrews, but before before I do, I want to talk about the background in in Hebrews. Um, we're not sure who who wrote the book of Hebrews. There's a lot of speculation of who did, but it, it doesn't really matter. It's the word of God given to us. But the early Christians were beginning to go back and offer sacrifices like they had done before under the covenant of the old law. And uh, they were going back to their old traditions. And so the writer of Hebrews is saying, no, no, no. No, you don't need to go back and do those things. You don't need to go back to animal sacrifices and the things that you once did. Jesus is the final sacrifice. He paid the price for everything. So don't go back to those old traditions and those old things. And, uh, you know, I've heard people say things like, well, I'm just a worm. You know, I, I'm, I'm not of any value. And you know what we should tell them? We, we should say, are you calling God a liar? I bet that would shut him up. Why? Because God says that of all creation, we are His prized possession. In James 1.18, we became His prized possession. In Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpiece. So don't be saying of yourself, well, I'm just a worm, I'm worthless. No, wait, 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 wait. That's not what God says about you. And if you hear anybody else, especially a Christian, talking like this, they need a transformation of their thinking. No, wait a minute. Jesus came and died for you. He didn't die for something of no, no worth. He came and died for you. You are of great value. And He says that you are His prized possession of everything He created. The sun and the moon and the stars and the mountains and the goats and the sheep and the bunny rabbits. You are His prized possession. And you are His masterpiece. And when we begin to see what God has invested in us, who we are in Christ, maybe we'll walk a little differently. Maybe we'll talk a little differently. Maybe we'll live a different uh, a life. Maybe we'll be a little more encouraging to people and say, wait a minute, that's not what God's Word says about you. You are His child and He loves you. You are of great value. I've, I've heard people say, well, I, I just can't, I can't forgive myself for that. Are you greater than God? Yeah. Yeah, are you greater than God, really? Because Psalm 103.12 says, The Lord removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. If God can forgive you, who are you? 
not to forgive yourself or to forgive to not forgive someone else are you greater than god are you really so you see we it's all about this relationship that god has invested in us that he wants us to walk in but we need to get rid of some of that junk so that's stinking thinking. And, and there are people around us that need to know the truth. Wait a minute. Christ came and died for you. You are of great value. Your sins are as far as the east is from the west. They never touch. They never come back around. And so you need to receive. We need to receive forgiveness. We need to walk in the blessed life that that Jesus came to give us. Again, this is not a prosperity message. This is a message about walking in the truth of God. Believing what He says. And then going out and living this thing out. And then sharing the hope and the love of Christ with others. Even other Christians. Because there are Christians that don't get this. They don't understand the love of Christ. Because maybe they've never seen it demonstrated like they're seeing it demonstrated in your life. Maybe they've never had somebody come up and love them enough to say, you need to stop speaking that curse over your life and over your children. You need to speak the Word of God. Choose this day. Who are you going to serve? What are you going to choose? Are you going to choose life or death? Are you going to choose blessings or curses? What are you going to choose? <laughs> the connecting point is Jesus. And we don't have to... Really, the only thing that we have to do is just receive Him and then let Him transform our life. Romans 12, 2. You know it. Come on. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so God comes into our soulish realm, our mind, our will, our intellect, our, our passions, our emotions... Those kinds of things, and He begins to bring healing and health and wholeness and gets us to think in accordance with His Word, His purpose, His plan for our lives. So let's, go to, let's look at Hebrews uh, 8, 6-13. But now Jesus, our High Priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood, for He is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. Um, verse 7 says, In the first covenant, uh, if the first covenant had been faultless, there would, have not been, there, there would have been no need for a second covenant to replace it. The fault with the first covenant was not because of God. It was because the people did not keep the covenant. They did not choose to follow Him. They choose to walk away and do all of these things. And, and here in Hebrews chapter 8, again, is a reminder of what Jeremiah had predicted. But when God found fault with the people, He said, The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. And again, we talked about, He said, this is not just for you here today but this is for future generations remember that okay so he says the covenant will not be like the one i made with their ancestors when i took them by the hand and led them out of the land of egypt they did not remain faithful to my covenant so i turned my back on them says the lord because time after time after time and we go back and look in deuteronomy and the and the, the scriptures where moses was speaking to the people of israel he's, he's pleading with them 
And he's saying, please continue to follow after God. And I think that's what God is saying today. Please stay connected to me. My body. My church. My family. I'm seeing them drift away. But I'm calling them back to me into this intimate personal relationship that they can walk in the blessings. They can walk in the the promises. That they can remain safe only in me. So they did not remain faithful to my covenant, the Lord says. So I turn my back on them, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. It's relationship driven. It's always been about a relationship. And God is doing something today, I believe, that is new and fresh. He said in Isaiah 43 and 18 18 and 19, He talked about, I brought you through the, the sea and I delivered you from Israel. But forget all that. Forget all that. It's miraculous and powerful as that was. In Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, He says, forget all that. I'm doing a new thing. I'm making streams in the wasteland. I'm making rivers in the desert. And I believe that that is a a now word for today for us, that God is doing something new. It may not look like it, but God is up to something good. Even when we don't see it, He's working. Even when I don't feel like it, He's working. And so, again, our focus needs to be on Him, not on the circumstances. It's relationship driven. Hebrews 8.11 goes on to say, And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, You should know the Lord, for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already. Again, you know, the writer of Hebrews is emphasizing what uh, Jeremiah had written. And I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. When God speaks of a new covenant, it means He has made the first one obsolete, it is now out of date and will soon disappear. Let's look at Hebrews 10, uh, 10 through 25. This is a couple of chapters later, right? For, God will, uh, for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. We're made holy and righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ, not by the things that we do. Now, we should be doing the right thing, but it's the blood of Christ that makes us holy. Uh, Verse 11, Under the Old Covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away the sin. So we know that the the high priest would go into the, the Holy of Holies. There were three areas of the temple, but he would go to the most holy place, Uh, the Holy of Holies or the most holy place, and he would offer sacrifices uh, uh, and he would intercede for the people once a year that they would be forgiven. And uh, we know that he had a robe on and it had bells on it so that when he would walk around, people would know that he was still walking around. He he wasn't taking a nap or something. Uh, And he also had a rope tied to his ankle. And that's because if something happened, if he wasn't pleasing to the Lord and the Lord struck him down, they couldn't go in there. Only the high priest could go in there. So they had this rope so they could pull him out. And they had these bells on his rope so they would know he was walking around. He said, are, are you okay in there? <laughs> and so the high priest would go in once a year to make atonement. He would to, to, to make amends to God for the people. 
And, and so uh, Hebrews is saying um, that, that those offerings had to be done every year. And, and throughout the year, they were bringing sacrifices for offerings. I'm so glad we don't have to do that. You guys would be bringing animals, and I have to cut them up and, you know, be bloody and gory and, you know, put them on the altar and burn them. And have you ever smelled burning flesh? Have you ever had fajitas when they bring them to you on the, on the platter? <laughs> like, oh, that smells like burning flesh. It is. It's fajitas. Oh, they sure are good, though. Okay, I'm sorry. I digress. That was disgusting. Okay, so anyway, um, the, the high priest would come and, and offer these sacrifices, and, and Jesus said, you know what? It's done now. It's done. I've taken care of that. Hebrews 10, 12. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he, yes, amen. And then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. Why did he sit down? It's done. It's done. Okay, I've done what I needed to do. Now I'm, I'm pouring out my Holy Spirit. I'm sending my Holy Spirit to my church, to my people, that they can go and do what I've called them to do. And then at some time in the future, I'm coming back to receive my body, my, my, uh, my, my bride, the bride of Christ. Um, there he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. That's us. That, that's us today. I want to, let's look at the last part of the scripture, who are being made holy. I talked a little bit about this, and we've talked about this in the past. We're a three-part being, body, soul, and spirit. Okay, so our spirit is what communes with the Lord. We have a physical body, right, that we live in. Uh, We are spiritual beings encased in a physical body because uh, the Word says that we're going to live on forever, not in these bodies, but our spirit is going to live on. But we have our soul, our mind our will, our emotions. That's where the, the, the redeeming needs to come. We need to, to think like God. We need to get rid of some of the, that, that old way of thinking and, and the old things that we used to do, those old memories. You ever had those old memories pop up? And you're like, oh man, I remember when. No, stop it. Let, let's get rid of that. I'm moving forward. I'm not looking behind me anymore. That stuff is gone and passed away. I'm moving forward. And so sometimes we need to just pray, Lord, help me to just forget that and re- remember who I am in You. Not who I was back then. Mm-mm. No, that person is dead and gone. They're no longer around. This is the new me. This is the redeemed me. This is the reformed me. This is the saved me. You know? And, and so, but let's look at this. Those who are uh, being made holy, let's look at Hebrews 10.39. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. When we turn away from God, we're headed down a path of destruction. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Let's look, now that we teach out of the New Living Translation, but I want to look at this in the New King James Translation. But we are not those who draw back to perdition, perdition means destruction, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul, those who are connected with Him, who are believing God and trusting God. And in this process, He is saving our soul. He's bringing um, healing to our emotions. Our emotions. You know, what, what, what are our emotions? They're, you know, maybe unforgiveness. 
or there, there may be uh, you know, just different things that we have done. And so what God is doing, He's bringing healing and wholeness to our lives. He's removing that stuff. Remember our sins is, are as far as the east is from the west. So we don't, need to, we don't need to be thinking about those things anymore. We need to be thinking about what God is doing today, not what some knucklehead did to us 50 years ago, 30 years ago, or what we did. And so, um, but we are of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Let's look at it in the Amplified. (laughs) I'm sorry, I just love doing that. Okay, so we're going to look at the Amplified version here. But our way is not that of those who draw back to eternal misery, or perdition, it says in parentheses, and are utterly destroyed. We're not like those the drawback to destruction, and are utterly destroyed. But we are those who believe, who cleave to, and trust in, and rely on God through Jesus Christ the Messiah, and by faith pers- uh, preserve the soul. And so God, again, God is doing something in our, in our soulish realm. He's bringing health and healing to us that are willing to yield and say, God, you know what? I, I've, had, I've harbored unforgiveness for that to that for that person for 25 years 30 years will you will you help me will you help me to forgive them and then forgive them god will help us in those kinds of things god i remember the time that that my teacher said something and and it impacted my life they said that i would never amount to anything or maybe my dad or my parent or or somebody that was influential would you help me to forgive them and help me to walk in the truth of your reality that I will be something, that I am something because I'm your prized possession. Lord, will you help me? And so we can pray and we can be released from those things. Listen, I know we've all been hurt. I know we've all been stabbed in the back and things like that. And I know that we all need to forgive people. But there is freedom when we can do that. When we can go to them and say, listen, I I forgive you. And really mean it. It doesn't mean that the things that have been done to us are okay. Oh, well, it's okay. No, it's not okay. They tried to destroy my life. They tried to hurt me. They tried to harm me. That's not okay. But it is okay for me to forgive them and then pray for them. The Word says that we need to pray for our enemies. Pray for those who curse us. Pray for those that try to hurt us. Pray for them. Because what happens is it changes us. And so that's what we're talking about too today, is that we are changed, that we're transformed from the inside out. And God is doing something in our emotions, in our mind, in in the way that we think, in coming to alignment with His purpose, His plan, His goal for us. But we are not of those, but we are of those, I'm sorry, who cleave to and trust in and rely on God through Jesus Christ the Messiah and by faith preserve the soul let's go back to hebrews ten fourteen. for by that one offering he f- he forever made perfect those who were being made holy and the holy spirit also testifies that this is so so we have the holy spirit testifying within us right that we are forgiven and uh that we're uh walking in in the fullness of what god's called us to do I mean, that, that's one of the things that, that we need to, to understand is the, the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. We need to have the sensitivity to hear, and then we need to be faithful in obeying what He's asking us to do. And the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. For He says, 
And again, uh, in Hebrews, two, two chapters later, in, in 10, it's a reminder of what Jeremiah had, had preached, what he had prophesied, what he had spoke. This is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. Then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. I don't know about you. I don't know about the things that you've done. But I know that I've done some things that that have not been good, that have been ungodly. But yet, we look at the Scripture. We look at these Scriptures, and we need to really get it. We really need to understand that Jesus came to forgive us, that we can move on. And and I, I don't know. I just I think that there's some bodies that need to hear this today. That your sins are forgiven. Walk in the freedom of that. Walk in the blessings of that. And then we need to be gracious to other people because they're going through the same thing. Just like you've done some bad things, some wicked things, some mean things to people. There, there are people that have, that have done mean things and, and they're feeling this resentment. Maybe they're suffering the consequences of bad decisions or things that they've done. Listen, we can't go back and change the past. But what we can do is move on from the past and say, God, help me. That is the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives to remind us that we're forgiven, to help us to forgive other people, to pray in accordance with God's purpose and plan. Lord God, bless them. Lord, help them. Lord God, I'm praying for their marriage. I'm praying for their lives. I'm praying for salvation for them. Because many times we see, and and maybe we have done this too, where we lash out out of anger or whatever because of unhealing and unwholeness in our lives. Maybe when, when we were unsaved, because we were unsaved, sinners sin. We need to get saved. Maybe it's just the people that are, that are talking about you. Maybe they need to get saved. Maybe they need Jesus to come into their heart and life and transform their life so that they stop doing the same things that they're doing. And, and maybe they need somebody to show them how to live this out. Maybe they're looking to you to say, how do I walk this out? Do you know what happened? Do you know what my father did to me? Do you know what my uncle did? Do you know what? How can I, how can I navigate change? How can I live this abundant life that Jesus came to give me when I'm so hurting and I'm so broken and I'm so wounded? And so God is placing people in our lives that we can share the hope and the love of Christ with. I will never remember their sins and their lawless deeds. And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. So that's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. Look, you don't need to continue to go back and offer sacrifices again and again and again. You just need to receive forgiveness. You need to extend forgiveness. Uh, 10.19, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. Again, no one could go into the most holy place. No one could go into the Holy of Holies except the high priest once a year. And, and so what, what, we do, what we have access now is to the, the holy place. 
where God is. He's in, he's in heaven. And we can enter. We can come boldly to the throne of grace. And we, we know that when Jesus was crucified, the veil, the curtain that separated the Holy of Holies, the most holy place from the, the other part of the temple, was ripped in two. It was torn from the top to the bottom. It was ripped in two. And, and that was representative for us to know that we can now enter in. It's not just a high priest, but we have a new high priest. His name is Jesus. And we can go directly to Him. We don't have to have somebody else go into the holy place and intercede for us. We can come boldly to the throne of grace. So do you go boldly into the throne of grace? Do you ever cry out, God, I need some help right now. I don't know what to do. We can come boldly into the throne of grace. We can come into His presence directly. Listen, you wouldn't want your child to you know, just say, Dad, uh, I've, I've got a really serious problem. Can, can I talk to you? What, son? What? Come on in. Come on in. Let's talk about this. What do you need? I'll help you. That's our Heavenly Father. He's saying, what do you need? Come boldly to the throne of grace. Come, come to this throne of grace where there's grace for your life. There's grace for other people. There's love. There's forgiveness. There's all the things that you need. What do you need, son? What do you need, daughter? Come into this place. Come into, come boldly into, into the throne of grace. By His death, Jesus opened a new life, giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. Verse 21, And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into His presence, right into the presence of God, with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him. Do you have sincere hearts? Are you fully trusting God? This comes, again, from a relationship. We can't trust somebody we don't know necessarily. But we trust Him because we know Him, because we have a relationship with Him, because we have life experiences where we've seen God move in our life, where we've walked, stepped out in faith and seen Him meet our needs supernaturally. But we can't have that. We can't have that level of trust. We can't have that sincere heart if we don't have a relationship with Him. <laughs> we can go boldly into His presence, trusting Him because of the relationship we have. Hebrews 10.22 continues, For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure blood. And so the priests, they would sprinkle blood on the altar. And so, He's sprinkled our conscience with His blood. He's cleansed. cleansed. What's our conscience? The, the, the things that we think about, the, maybe the things that we've done or the things we're going to do. And so, He's purifying us. He's purified us with His blood. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. Let us hold tightly to that hope. Let us hold tightly when we're going through challenges, when we don't understand what's going on. Wait a minute, I'm holding tightly to this relationship with, with Jesus. For God can be trusted to keep His promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. So not only do we walk in this, this newness and, and we receive this new covenant and forgiveness, but we can encourage one another. Man, you're really gifted at encouraging one and, and you know, other people. Carol, I appreciate the, 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 what you do. What, you pick up the phone and you call and you, you, you encourage Steve. I appreciate the fact that you're praying for people. 
and that you're calling people and praying for them and connecting people. You know, so we can encourage one another to acts of love and good works because we can demonstrate it and then we can also encourage one another. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His, his return is drawing near. And I know that, you know, it's kind of a weird meeting right now, but I appreciate you guys that are coming. You know, we're staying safe. Uh, you know, we're, we're taking precautions. But we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together because we need one another. We need this connection. We were made, we were created to have relationship with one another. And, and that's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. So my first point is blessings follow obedience to the Lord. Let's obey the Lord. Okay, I'm not talking about, you know, being religious and dogmatic and all that. I'm just talking about having a relationship with Him. Let's just obey His Word because it's for our good. It's for the good of other people. It's for our relationships. It's, it's for our relationship with Him. The choices we make have a direct impact on our life. Let's make godly choices. We, we make, I don't know, they'll tell you, somebody will tell you, you make hundreds of thousands of choices a day or whatever, I don't know. But we have the opportunity to make good choices. We have the opportunity to bless people. Okay, yeah, it's inconvenient to help this person unload their cart at the store. But you know what? That could be a blessing to them. You know, just listen. Listen to the Holy Spirit. He will tell you what to do. He'll tell you how you can be a blessing. Pick up the phone and call so-and-so. Just call them. Send them a text. Just a little text. Hey, thinking about you, I love you. You know, just little things like that. And my third point, the new covenant is found through Jesus. It's this relationship with Jesus. We know that our, that our desire, our heart here at Life Fellowship is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And you know what, guys? At the end of the day, that's what really matters. That's what matters the most. What is our relationship with Him like? And then... Our, our goal is that we become disciples who will impact the world with the love of Jesus Christ. So are we allowing God to transform our life? And then are we being instruments of change that God is using? They will know that you're my disciples by the love that you have for one another. And so we pray this prayer sometimes. Let's just pray this prayer. Join me in this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, help me to love others like you love them and like you love me in Jesus name I ask this and God honors that prayer and he will place such love in you such supernatural love in you that you'll probably be a crybaby like me <laughs> but you will feel that love and God will open up doors for you and I know I know you guys know what I'm talking about but I think there needs to be more love we need to just, just be an extension of God's love in all that we do. And then in closing on 5 2020, 5 o'clock in the morning, before the murders of George Floyd and exposure of all the other world events, the Lord gave, gave us this word, the world as we know it will soon come to an end. What if the world ended next week? There's some things that maybe you need to take care of. <laughs> Are there some people, some 
you know, cactus people in your life that maybe need a little loving, if you can get through the prickliness of their life? Can we be maybe inconvenienced a little bit? Can we maybe get over ourselves a little bit more to really extend and show the love of Christ with others? I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and you want to recommit your life to the Lord today. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? Anybody here? I think that maybe you're watching online today and maybe that you, if you would just pray this prayer. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. I receive your grace, your forgiveness, your mercy, and complete forgiveness for every sin. And I receive you now into my heart. I receive you now into my life. And I thank you for this new day. I thank you for this new beginning. In Jesus' name, I thank you. And I want to pray one more prayer for you. Lord God, I pray that the sensitivity to the Holy Spirit would increase in all of our lives. But you would bring a new dynamic, a new dimension to this understanding and hearing your small, still voice speaking to everyone that prayed that prayer, Lord God. And I pray for your protection, your blessings, your favor, your provision, everything that's needed, Lord God, for every one of our lives and that we would walk in the fullness of life that we would not live in fear, but we would walk in the fullness and that we would be reminded that we can come boldly to the throne of grace and present our petitions to you who hear from heaven and that we can live this abundant life that Jesus came to give. And we thank you for it. We want this, just an overflowing of your presence in our hearts and in our lives, Lord God. And I thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love toward us. And help us to just receive in fullness your love and then be dispensers of that love to the world around us. Lord God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your promises. I thank you for your blessings. Lord, we even, we even thank you for our challenges. Your word says that to count it all joy, James says, count it all joy, not if, but when we have trials and tribulations for the testing of of our faith builds our patience and as our patience is built we are built and we are complete lacking nothing so Lord God we know that even in the midst of trials and tribulations you are with us because you say that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to your purpose so Father we just pray for your grace your mercy your protection your provision your blessings your favor your anointing Lord God and, your whole, and, and just a, a greater sensitivity to your Holy Spirit. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you will stand, we'll recite this blessing together. If you want to stand and, and just reach out to your neighbors here and just say, if you'll recite this with me, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.
thank you for joining us today. And as always, I want to challenge you. Make a difference in the world. Go out and live it. You're dismissed. We'll see you next time. We hope today's message encouraged you. For more information about our church, please visit our website, lifefellowship.me. We invite you to join us again next week for another life-changing, uplifting message. And remember to live it.